It's that time again. It's Greek for the week. I'm Chris Palmer. Let's open our Bibles and get right down to the original language, the Greek. God bless you. It is the Greek for the Week podcast. We're so thankful that you're tuning in. You know, we always we always appreciate your listenership and your support for our podcast, which we do it just for you. We come at you with the New Testament in the Greek so that you can go deeper, have a deep dive, a quick deep dive, 15 minutes into God's Word, and maybe give you a nugget of truth that you're able to share and preach and teach and apply to your own life to live it. So we're going to be in Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 12 today, and we're going to be talking about the importance of prayer. I always try to get prayer in there somewhere, especially in my church. I always try to mention the power of prayer. We cannot fall out of prayer as Christians. We have to stay consistent. Many times it becomes so easy just to fall out of prayer. And as we do that, as we get ready to go to Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, I just want to remind you, Amazon.com, Letters from Jesus, that will be in bookstores. But why wait for it to come into the bookstore when you can just go on Amazon in one click? If you have an Amazon like I do, one click purchase, boom, Letters from Jesus. Put one or two in there for a friend, shopping cart, Help us to stay at the top. We were at uh, number one new release in a couple categories, uh, biblical categories, last week and uh, and this week too, but, you know, it goes up and down, so it really depends on you. And so help us to do well. And uh, I promise you, if you're a teacher, if you're a pastor, if you're somebody that is in charge of uh, teaching Bible study or something, this will be a blessing to you. It will help give to you sermon ideas and sermon starters and just get you really rolling in the right direction. And it's a good jump. It's like a little jump off the diving board into Revelation, a splash into Revelation. And it's not going to be spooky. It's going to be completely applicable to your life. I know people have said on social media, we need to hear more that's from the book. Well, if you listen to Greek for the week, you can catch things here and there. As the book, you know, we still have about two months before the book comes out. But uh, just a little less. But now I'll be sharing tidbits and clips. Don't worry. You'll see what's in there. It's just help us. Just trust that's going to be good. All right? So the link will be in the show notes or on my Instagram or Facebook profile. You see the link floating around just about every day. Amen. Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 12. Let's go there in the English this morning. And this is what it says here. Epaphras. I like how the Apostle Paul names people in the scripture. He's not an impersonal uh, apostle. He constantly is mentioning people, giving people, like we'd say, shout-outs or at Epaphras. Sometimes when I'm reading the Word of God and I see uh, these little these little uh, names, at Epaphras, who is one of you, <laughs> a servant of Christ, greets you always struggling on your behalf in his prayers. Now, that, that's kind of an interesting verse there, saying that he's always struggling in prayer. His prayers are a struggle. We think sometimes we come to prayer and prayer is going to be an easy thing without any difficulty, without any challenge. But the Apostle Paul is telling us here is that there seems to be a struggle in prayer, all right, on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. So suggest to me here that if we want people that we're praying for to become mature, to grow out of their phases of immaturity as believers and those that follow Christ, that it's going to not just require them. It's going to be on us to pray for them, and not just lightly, but to really struggle for them in prayer. All right, let's do some Greek here. Uh, verse number 12, it says, Aspazetai umas apaphras ho ak umon doulos Christo Yesu pantote, there's our always, and here's struggling, agonizomenos, 
upper umon entes pasuques inastathe telioi ke. And this is a big one here. This is one of those ones we get to sound out. Pet pro froemenoi and panti thalemati to theu. There we go. There's your Greek. I know I still have an English tongue, but we're getting there. Right? We're getting there. Uh, so it says, always struggle. Pantote pantote agonizomenos. I said that kind of Italian, didn't I? Agonizomenos. Now, the Greek word here for struggle, always, means at all times. This wasn't just something that took place once or twice or every now and then. This was at all times. And as far as Paul was aware of, it was going on consistently. Now, it's important to understand that a little bit about Epaphras is that he was a companion of Paul, with Paul, and he was someone that had a close relationship with the Apostle Paul. And you could say, well, how did the Apostle Paul always know that he was in prayer for the Colossians? And that's because Epaphras was a fellow prisoner with the Apostle Paul in prison. He was from the Church of Coloss. And Paul had a constant opportunity to observe Epaphras because he was always in prison and he was always with Epaphras. And whenever he saw Epaphras, Epaphras was always praying for the Colossians. And, you know, if you had watched somebody, if you're in prison with somebody and you're watching them pray, you'd probably come to know how they pray. What was their prayer life like? Did they just give the Our Father for them? Say a little blessing over them. Lord, I just pray bless the Colossians. Amen. Let me touch the Colossian people, Lord. Just touch them. Okay, amen, amen. All right. What are we going to do today, Paul? No, no, no. He said that your prayer was his prayer for you. When I watched the Paphras and I observed him praying for you, I noticed that it was like a struggle. When he was struggling, he was praying that you would stand mature and fully assured in the will of God. Now, he, Paul is very specific and what he was praying for, that they would know the will of God for their lives. And this probably is talking about God's eschatological will, God's will of salvation, how he wants them to become uh, believers that walk in hope of the glory of God, understand God's strategy of salvation for the entire world, their strategy of, uh, his strategy of salvation for them as a church, you know, that is very connected to maturity. And you find a lot of times that believers that understand, not just can say Jesus, oh, I love Jesus, oh, Jesus, we love you. That's great. But that, you know, comes at salvation. The moment you get saved, you become, you love Jesus. But the moment you're saved doesn't necessarily mean you're mature. I would, I would say that loving Jesus is not necessarily a sign of Christian maturity because that is supposed to come at salvation. Now, we grow in our love for Jesus, but <clears throat> I'm one of my concerns is that we've become so accustomed to oversimplifying things, saying, well, as long as I love Jesus, that's enough. Well, it might be enough for now, but you're going to continually grow in your walk with Christ. There's going to have to be a point where your understanding of the things of God has to grow deeper. And I'm saying this from personal testimony. When I was born again, I lived in, I, I don't think I really matured in my walk with Christ 
for about six years, I stayed kind of idle and then began to understand the importance of praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit, spending time in prayer, also with Bible study, spending time in Bible study. Just because I'm a teacher and a pastor doesn't mean that if I wasn't, I wouldn't spend time studying the Word of God. Before I was a teacher and pastor, before I knew that this is what I was going to do with my life, I spent time studying the Word of God. That and that personal study, and then coupling that with going to church and hearing my pastor preach, brought about a Christian maturity in my life to understand what God is doing in the earth to reconcile it back to himself. There's philosophical value in the Word of God. And we, my concern is as Western Christians, I'm assuming I look at the statistics on the podcast and I see that it's mostly westernized people that are watching it that have been influenced by Western countries. So I can say this broadly and sweepingly here, is that we kind of become encouraged, boil it down to let's just let's just have encouraging messages, get me through the week, get me from Sunday to Sunday, Sunday to Wednesday, and that may not get you to the place of maturity. Oh, it'll 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 help your fire for the Lord. It'll help your zeal for Jesus, but Maybe sometimes people get offended when you say there's more than just there's more than just love for Jesus in the Christian in being a Christian because it doesn't seem to me that every single topic that is in the New Testament has to do with love for Jesus. It's more than that. It's beyond that. It include everything includes that, but it goes beyond that. And that's what Paphos was praying for the church at Colossae. They would move into this maturity where they understood what God was doing, where they could look at the world with the filter over their eyes and see how the kingdom of God was at work to bring broken, lost, and fallen humanity back into reconciliation with God. That would mean that understanding this would provide good answers for people. Now, you can find Christians that love Jesus, but they don't have good answers about nothing. (laughs) I used to be one of them. I'm still working on it. (laughs) I'm not there yet. But I want to have good answers. So you could find Christians that, I love Jesus, and then an atheist finds them and says, well, what about all the suffering that's taking place? What about these earthquakes and these hurricanes? I don't know. I just love Jesus. Should that be enough? And then I ended up getting them come to me, asking me for answers. I say, why don't you study? I've told you to study. No, you know, I just, but I just love Jesus so much, man. Great, but you, it's important to study so you can know the will of God, and to pray. I mean, it's not just on them. We as believers, as pastor, I have to pray for my people. As uh, if you're a pastor, a leader, pray for your people that are under you. And the Greek word for prayer is struggling, or agonizomenos. And this doesn't just mean a little struggle. This was a word that meant a place of contest. It was a word that was used in the, in the law sphere to talk about a lawyer that comes into the court and he begins to do the bidding on behalf of his client, or whatever you call the person that, <laughs> uh, the lawyer, his client, I don't know, his client. I'm not accustomed to all the legal stuff. So he comes in. I just picture Epaphras coming into the courtroom with his briefcase on. Here he has the church of Colossus sitting behind a booth. Here he has, goes before the Lord. He puts his briefcase out, gets out all his papers, and he begins to do the bidding. And then you have the prosecution that comes in. It's the enemy. The devil comes in, and he's trying to bring accusation against the believers. And and here, Epaphras is making his case in the court of law for the Colossian church that they would stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. And he doesn't just give up. He keeps on talking, and he keeps on praying. 
charged with the power of the Holy Spirit. And it becomes a real fight so that they could receive or walk in the maturity that God has called them to walk in. So it's talking about, a it's a graphic picture of carrying on a conflict, a debate, a legal suit, a one uh, Greek theologian says it's a deadly struggle to the outcome which will decide our future destiny. I know, you know, when you're in court, you are, we do a ministry out to the courthouses. If you are looking for a great ministry, courtside ministry, you can partner with them. Stand outside the courthouse and pray for people that are walking in. It's no easier than that. People get touched. I mean, you you should meet these people that are walking in the courthouse. They're broken. A lot of the lawyers come, I, I've had more lawyers come ask for prayer than the actual people come ask for prayer because they are doing something that hinges, that people's destinies hinge on it. They understand that if they don't represent their people right, this could mean more time in prison, more fines being paid, et cetera, et cetera, losses of freedoms and liberties. So it's a deadly struggle, and Epaphras is engaging in that like it's a deadly struggle. He's carrying on a conflict. It's a, One person said it's a heroic struggle which the pious has to go through on someone's behalf. You can imagine this person, what they would have sounded like. And this is challenging to me because it makes me think, do I pray like this for other people? Is there someone whose need is this important to me where I may turn off Netflix, turn off Amazon Prime, and really spend time in prayer for a person like this so that they can be mature in Christ? Do I care about someone's maturity? I can't just say, we just be mature in Christ. I have to pray for you so that you can become mature in Christ. As a pastor, I have to understand my people that I pastor are not going to walk in the maturity that God wants to walk wants them to walk in. Unless someone's praying for him, and that's the responsibility he's given me as a pastor is to pray for those people. So if you're discipling people, guess what? Discipleship has more to do than just telling people what to do or telling people what you went through or sharing your testimony or giving them a few scriptures or reading letters from Jesus to them. It has to do with you being on your knees in prayer, struggling that they would be mature and complete in all the will of God, that they could see for themselves what God is doing, that God could give to them answers for today so that they can defend their faith in whatever sphere they find themselves in. Amen? Well, this has been Greek for the Week. I won't keep you anymore. Just remember, Letters from Jesus, Amazon.com. Get it. Share it with a friend. It will be a blessing. Don't wait. Get it today. One-click order. Jesus coming. (laughs) So if you don't order now, you may not get a chance to order because the Lord Jesus is coming. Praise God. And I suppose if he comes, you can't take it with you. So at least you would have ordered it. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this podcast, give it a five-star review on uh, on Apple or whatever your, your platform you're using. It certainly does help us. And we love you so much. God, I just pray you bless those that are listening today. May the power of your Holy Spirit be upon them. May they walk in the fullness of prayer. May they struggle on the behalf of other believers. Let us understand, Father, that we are walking in corny in fellowship with one another, that our Christianity to mature depends on each other's prayers, Lord. We just give you praise and honor. I bless those people that are listening to this podcast in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next time on Greek for the Week. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us further, you may visit us on the web at lightoftoday.org. God bless and good studying.